right back again. <laughs> sister, sisters, everybody sing. Ba, ba, da, da. Hey. Um. <laughs> Hello, fuckheads. All right, mate. Hello, shit stack. Shit, right. shit stack lightning. Mm-hmm. Hello, fellas. How you doing? Yeah. All right, lads. I can't help but notice I would start this one with what are you guys wearing? But in full discretion to the viewing public, we're doing uh, the Zoom game at the moment. So um, I can actually see, what, at least from the waist up, what you guys are wearing. And I'm flabbergasted at how similar Emily and Jess's outfits are, both wearing stripy tops and beige cardigans. That's insane. Um, yeah. I would want. I do want to say that um, you don't want to see me from the waist down tonight, okay. or or any night, really. <laughs> <laughs> Most nights, yeah. Um, more or less, what are you wearing? More, who are you wearing? Uh, <laughs> <to the start. laughs> no, nope. um, yeah, we, okay. we are wearing the same outfit. That's yeah. cool. Yes, yes, Very yes. Uh, and Millie, have you you're got, wearing. Have you got... Oh, go on. You're wearing an old number that I've seen many times, a lovely vintage sweatshirt. Yeah, I've been shaking it up lately because there were some stains on the outside, so I was wearing it inside out, um, which I thought I, I was enjoying. I thought it looked cool. Uh, there were some pictures or videos, I think, that I posted up on Instagram regarding a bunch of shit. And... um it garnered a lot of attention, people making lots of gags, like, is your jumper inside out? But it's not really a gag, because yes, <laughs> yes it is. Do you know what you should... Very, very much inside do out. Do you know what you should do, Mills? If you've got stains on your jumpers, and like, you know you know when there's a stain, but then you've washed it, but the stain hasn't come out, so now it's been like washed into the fabric? Big time, And yeah. you're like, mm. oh my God, have I ruined it? Like, am I ever going to get this out? Am I ever going to be able to wear my favourite um, jumper again? Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, like the answer I think is to pre-treat it with vanish, soak it in vanish for about an hour, then put it on like a really gentle, um, like delicate wash in the washing machine, and that will definitely uh-huh. shrink your favourite cashmere jumper. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Throat- Why don't you then? open the fridge and drop a massive, massive pot of yoghurt onto the floor so that the tub oh. splits and the yoghurt goes <laughs> everywhere. And oh. then you're having a good time, know what I'm saying? Mammy's house rules. One thing I'd check is, is the yoghurt going under the fridge as well? Under, over, into, you know. Oh, shit. It. And then what do you do with the yoghurt? Because the tub's effed, so now you're looking at a Tupperware decant. Now you're looking at you on all fours licking <laughs> yoghurt off the floor. <laughs> yeah, come on, let's be honest. <laughs> that's that's what it ended up as. Also, mate, it's bad enough when uh, you've got a full th- thing of milk, you haven't opened it yet, so you're happy that the seal is no broken. Mm. So you've stored it on its side mm. like a fucking asshole. And then you open it and it's dripped down. And it hasn't just dripped down, it's dripped into each of the kind of cages, let's call them. <laughs> the, the cheese cage, the salad wow. cage. Well, 
Um, speaking of cages, Emily, when you were at university and I came to visit you in your student halls, is it just my memory or were there cages in your fridge that had locks on them so that everyone had an individual like container for their goods or is that not? You're totally right. Yeah, there were, you opened Stop what looked it. like a normal fridge but inside were lockers with padlocks oh stop it um yeah in case of like house wars but the only um the only person in our flat who used to keep their fridge padlocked was the boy called stanley who never came out of his room but we know smoked cigars and ate pot noodles is that is that like a norm to have fridge cages. I mean, I've never seen them before or since or ever heard anyone talk about them. Um, so. I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't want to cut off fridge chat. Okay. But um, I suppose I just want to acknowledge that this is the first podcast in quite a long while. And <laughs> a lot of shit's gone down, girls. You know, you got the album coming out. You got the fact that we're still in lockdown. <laughs> um <laughs> A lot, a lot of well, maybe they're the main two. Well, since um, the last um, chat of complete and utter shit between us, and I've lost mm, track of when that even was. Slurry. We have released. We have released our third full length record as the Staves, and we've also done a gig together. <sighs> um, and you know, taken the world by storm, and I'm sitting here, you know, with the ripple effects of it still, you know knocking me over and it's um yeah it's been great it's been um it's been weird for me to kind of be busy again and to remember that I sort of have a job and uh a purpose but it's um it's been really nice it's been it's been really nice but also I'm so kind of disgusted at myself at, at how much of a shock to the system it's been because I know for everyone else has been I don't know depending on their job or their life dealing with it in different ways but for musicians most of us have had shit all to do really to do with that um, and then to suddenly have an influx of like interviews and planning a gig and I don't know just lots of other things it was a real like oh shit I've gone from like naught to a hundred in a very short period of time yeah it's like um, make it all go away I don't want it I want to stay in bed stop listening to my album I want to knit my life away this is the worst thing ever obviously Emily you've had a different experience of it as you have a small bairn I would say as well just to give a visual a visual a, a vigil a vigilant <laughs> <laughs> just to give a visual to anyone listening to this during <laughs> Sorry, not during that whole um exchange we just did emily sat with what i can only describe as pursed lips <laughs> as we were describing I, being rushed off our feet yeah i i describe it as pursed lips and a grimace Your face like a slapped ass <laughs> yeah <laughs> Go on then, go on then. Here's your moment to tell oh, us on. how hard you've got go it. On. No, I've been blessed. Oh, come on, play ball. No. Play ball. No. Feeling good? Feeling, feeling... Children are a blessing, so... Yeah. <coughs> I'm just feeling really grateful, really. 
<laughs> more blessed than stressed, eh? Absolutely. Yeah, more blessed than stressed. And you know what? Oh, I'm tired, I'm tired. Sleep when you're dead. That's what I've always said and what I will always say. Yeah. And it's the just... eternal sleep. Yeah, <laughs> such a brilliant thing. To... <laughs> um, I think that, um, yeah, that this like lockdown has gone on so long now. And I think since they took away Christmas, I think everyone's morale has been so broken that, um, mm. like, I've actually lost faith in my ability to hold down an actual human conversation. Like, I'm too frightened even to yeah. phone my friends. I just, like, send texts, or if I really want to speak to them, I'll, like, send a voice note. Because I'm just too... I just don't even know what to say to people anymore. Like, how do mm. you have human interaction? I don't know. It's strange because we've been doing um, lots of interviews to promote the album. I uh, imagine they've been fun. Have, they've been great. It's it's literally been the most people I've spoken to in months and months and months. I mean, they've all been over Zoom, obviously, because we've not been able to go. Normally you go to a pub, which is usually a great place to have an interview, and yeah. um, knock back a couple mm. bevies and then reveal some home truths. Ooh. But it's very much... <laughs> It's very much, much just been me, um, yeah, at home with coffee and stuff like that. But um, but no, it's been great. And it has genuinely been really good to actually just interact I with people. I find that but... I'm now, mm. like, I'm completely sort of, like, I just answer questions about me, but I answer as if I'm Maggie. So people are like, how are you, how are you doing? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm all right. You know, she's teething, so... Um, got a bit of a cold uh, as well yeah. so lots of sleepless nights um and yeah and I'm like not talking about myself at all but then she is me that is it that's all there is at the moment I've said it before and I'll say it again it's Sauron and the ring <laughs> oh, that is the most beautiful analogy for motherhood that I've ever ever heard you you hate her and love her as you hate and love yourself. <laughs> yes, that is one fucking hundred percent accurate, really. And your fates are forever bound together. Yes. And ultimately, you will plunge into a fiery pit. <laughs> she longs to get back to her master. She's heard her master's call. Um, do you speak to her in the language of Mordor? No, but I tell you the phrase that is from a film that I haven't yet screamed into her face, but I yeah. sort of whisper it and and scream it in my head at her a lot. And that is from Beauty and the Beast, where it's during dinner times here, and in Beauty and the Beast, you know, when Belle won't go down for dinner with him because he's being an a-hole. No, thank you. Yeah. Fine. She doesn't eat with me and she doesn't eat at all. Um, but then he says, like, he, you know, when he can't control his temper and then he's like, she won't eat. And he says, then go ahead and starve. <laughs> <laughs> so when mummy's been slaving over a hot stove to create a delicious organic doll. Um, and whatever else I've made for her. Which has been absolutely delicious. <laughs> and then she literally picks it up, looks at it like it's a platter of warm shite 
and then throws <laughs> it onto the floor. I wish to bellow that into her face. Oh. Well, as they say at the end of King Kong, it was beauty that slain the beast, or whatever it is. That beauty doesn't is... mean I anything. I think it fits perfectly. Well, yeah. I think it means that it's Maggie will be Emily's demise. Is that what it means? I think so. Well, she's in this in this context, you're the beast. Yes. She's the beauty. Oh, yeah. Okay. Emily Stavely Taylor crawled through a river of shit and came out clean on the other side. <laughs> yeah. But instead of coming out clean, I'm going to come out dead. And covered in shit. And covered in shit. Ah... <laughs> uh... Do you know what? I've got a vivid memory, and I'm not quite sure where, at what period in time this would have been, as in what year it was. Mm. But I remember Emily being, I guess, a teenager and having seen Shawshank Redemption for the first time. Um, Mm. And I suppose, I can't think quite when it was released, but it would have been after it had already been out probably for quite a while, and you'd seen it, obviously, on video, DVD, someone's house. And I remember you sitting, yeah, (laughs) I remember you sitting at the dinner table telling us, sadly, the whole plot line. Mm. Um, I remember that too. And I remember being like, this sounds fucking amazing. And you literally told it perfectly scene for scene. (laughs) Yeah. And I, it was perfect. How do you do that? I have no memory of this. You had us in rapture. Wow. Yeah, it, I was just gripped the story and the idea that he, spoiler alert for anyone who's not seen the film, but you spoke in detail about, you know, the kind of the biggest part of the film is him tunnelling his way out of his room. Yeah, And, yeah. like, the poster that hides the hole and then the prison guard tearing it back one day and seeing it. Um, and I remember watching that film for the first time and despite you com- completely ruining it, I suppose, um, mm, I still just mm. loved it so much. I thought it was so amazing. Yeah, same. And since then, if anyone asks me what my favourite film is, I would say, Shawshank Redemption, obviously... And everyone would go like, yeah, I know, totally. Um, and now enough time has passed where I feel like I need to say another film because it's mm. not as cool now or something. Like maybe it was having a moment then, but I can't really think of another one. I just love it so much. Swan Princess. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what I did see the other day. Um, the Hunt for Red October. Nope. Um, it's a film made i don't know a while ago you got sean connery you got sam neill you got you got me alec baldwin um (laughs) you've got i don't know a few others they're basically in submarines and there's like a russian submarine and an american submarine and sean connery is the captain of the russian submarine (laughs) And he basically like defects and like goes against the orders of the Russian military and he's gonna take the submarine and like give it to the Americans to like fuck over Russia. And it's this massive submarine that's bigger than any submarine that's ever been built. And the amazing thing about the submarine is it's got um like these new uh kind of propeller motor thingies that make it move that are silent so it can't be detected on sonar and on radar so- by other submarines. So it can okay. slide past another sub unnoticed and like kill it or whatever. Um, but it turns sure. out it's not actually a great film. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have one question burning in my mind from the moment you started this film description. And that is 
was Sean Connery's Russian accent as good as I'm imagining it was? Well, do you know what? Um, Did he just do away with it completely? No, something really weird happened in it. So it started and he was speaking in Russian. Mm, okay. um, and he was like okay. popping out of the submarine looking through binoculars or whatever and saying stuff in Russian to Sam Neill <laughs> and I knew I knew immediately well I know these guys aren't Russian so I don't know if they're speaking the language kind of in a good way or what but mm. I kind of thought okay interesting um, and then there's there's kind of the American actors sort of in a different location were speaking in American so I was like okay so maybe it's just going to be you know every time it flips back to the Russian sub but no there was a scene where something someone got killed let's just say I mean oh, they did huh? get killed you're not gonna spoil it say, to me because I'm never ever gonna watch this film <laughs> I, <laughs> I won't say who killed them but um nice. or who they were even okay. but um yes someone someone gets killed and Sean Connery <laughs> is there speaking Russian and then they kind of like zoomed in on the guy that had been killed and zoomed out again onto Sean Connery and he just started speaking in English and then for the rest of the film all the Russians just spoke English <laughs> so it was like what? it was like a directorial decision of like this is the moment when you know it just flips and it's English from now on and the viewer's going to be cool with it and like obviously I got it but it was such a weird move did it make you think that actually it wasn't a it wasn't the director's choice but actually he just like Sean just like couldn't do it anymore, and they didn't just have the budget to go back and reshoot those mm. scenes that came before. And they were like, "Okay, fuck it, we're just gonna have to abandon it." And then they were like, "Do you think it's gonna look really fucking weird mm. if we just now switch into England?" Like, oh man, I think it's gonna be cool. Everyone's gonna understand. It's gonna be fine. Do you think it was a bit like that? Maybe. I think quite possibly. Yeah, quite possibly. Um. So, lads, I wanted to... I I think that everyone will have been subject to a lot of kind of online quizzes over lockdown. Yeah. Um, and I had actually set some homework to both of you, and I just want to find out if you did it. Because we were going to do a quiz to each other about ourselves and see how well we know each other okay question number one of the quiz have me and jess done our homework this question goes out to millie no no to both of us uh, yes to emily no to jess correct i would say is that right jess jess uh in a way <laughs> in a way it is but i'm just wondering if i can quickly create some questions while uh, this is going on you, or... can, you can but i'll say that they'll be really shit but i mine are absolutely banging so i'm really keen to just get started so emily how many have you written for one i've written four questions fair play okay. let's do let's do four each and uh you know sort the boys from the men okay you guys ready? The chaff. Uh, yeah, let's go. All right. You guys both know that I've been a devoted fan of the Australian soap opera Neighbours up until Maggie's reign of terror began. Go <laughs> <laughs> uh, As a child, I would sing the theme tune and reenact scenes bet- between Scott and Charlene. I cried 
at Madge and Harold's wedding. Hmm. <laughs> During my teenage years, there was a poster of Billy Kennedy and Mal, to be fair, on my bedroom wall. Yes. And mm-hmm. I still throw out insults such as Jelly Belly and Sticky Beak to this day. <laughs> With that in mind, can you tell me the names of the actors who play the legends that are Lou Carpenter and Harold Bishop? Oh my god. Uh... Yes. <laughs> Do we write these down or do we say them out loud? No, you have to say them out loud to my face. Yeah, so Luke Carpenter is played by Tom Oliver. Tom Oliver. (laughs) Well done, angels. Well done. And I'm pretty sure, although this is such a kind of normal name that it could just be a made-up name, but I'm pretty sure Harold Bishop is, is played by Ian Smith. You're so fucking correct. Oh, for crying It's literally the most loud. nothing name ever that how could you remember it? <laughs> but you have. This is wonderful. Well done. Aww. Okay, Jess, two points. Millie, one point. Right. Question numero two. <laughs> now, I count my lucky stars that I never received a reply. But at the time... I was disappointed not to hear back from Jimmel Fix It after I'd written a very neat note and, to my memory, drawn a smashing picture. But the question is, what was I asking for? Oh my God, I did not know that this ever happened. Mm-hmm. So I would have been about, about um, God, I don't know, like maybe nine or ten? Oh Jesus Christ. Uh, so I'm trying to think, what what would you have been into then? Would it have been something to do with Joan Armour trading? Am I allowed to give clues? Uh, I don't know. Are you allowed to give clues? Well, the clue to your question is no. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> was it something to do with, like, My Little Ponies? Or, like... Funhouse. Uh, toy, toys? I'd already won a My Little Pony colouring competition, if you're interested. Um, so it wasn't anything to do with that. <laughs> Was it to do with wanting to meet somebody famous? No. Shit. Was it something lame, like, can you get something nice for my mum? Absolutely not. It was something totally for myself, and it wasn't lame. Okay. Self- was it a material I'm good? i that I don't know. No. Was it, it an, was experience an experience you were hoping for? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to say either Disneyland, Alton Towers, Thorpe Park. I think you're misremembering the show. I think you didn't write into Jim will fix it to be like, I really want to go on holiday or something. I was, I, I never I saw was it, definitely mate. too, I was too young to ever know what the show really was. Okay. I never really so you, knew who he was, but yeah. Okay, you're at a disadvantage. Okay. So my request, which was not unreasonable, was simply to star in the West End musical Cats for one night. <laughs> 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 I wanted to wear the makeup and the leotards. I wanted to sing memory and generally just sort of prowl around on enormous um sort of props. Um I would say that so you you wanted to sing memory. Mm. So that would mean that you as a 9-year-old wanted to play Grizabella the glamour cat, the kind of old 
like at the end of her prime fucked cat. Correct. I would have settled for Skimbleshanks, the railway cat, who I was also a big fan. Sure. I imagine not Jenny Any Dots because she's boring as fuck. Jenny Any Dots and Old Deuteronomy can suck a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Also, Bustava Jones probably needs to get in the sea as well. Christ, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Okay, well, that's. These are really good, Em. Thanks, mate. Okay. Question number three. I've worked in many different temping jobs after leaving university. (laughs) Yes, you have. (laughs) You certainly have. Mostly in the Watford area. Mm -hmm. The degree in acting was worth every penny. With almost no computer (laughs) skills and actually a mild phobia of Excel... It is beyond me how I kept being asked back to the same offices time after time. I spent 80% of my day making tea, hiding in the toilets and playing Tetris, (laughs) to which I was mildly addicted for a time. It began on a school friend's uh, Game Boy in year eight and then obviously it was... Um, Snake took over when the Nokias came out as a teen, and then it was back to Tetris on the PC, um, and eventually I replaced that with Pac-Man, and then naturally moved on to Candy Candy Crush, where I've stayed, I'm now sadly on level 2802. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm not. Um, But I was always on time, and I had a good telephone manner, so I got away with it. To the extent that I was given the award of Temp of the Month on how many occasions? <gasps> oh, oh my god! Gosh. Okay, can I just say as a uh, a side note, I also temped in Watford as well for a temping agency, the same one as you. We can just say Office oh, Angels. S- same. <laughs> office Angels. Yeah, um, we all three of us were Office Angels. Weren't and we? Yes, we were. I also lack. I lacked any computer literacy and was fucking shit. But I waltzed in there saying, I'm Emily's sister, get me a job. And your fucking picture was on the wall, which (laughs) is 10 months. And I said, I said, well, I just said, what do you get for 10 of the month? And they show up and give you like a bouquet of flowers. It's horrendous. It's like, um, yeah, they they just sort of rock up at like with this with a with a bouquet and like do a presentation and like your team have to stand up and it's just like it's the most embarrassing right. thing like okay. genuinely embarrassing. Oh, um... guess how many how many months? I probably tempted for like a couple of years. Three. Jess says three. Millie. Six. Thank you, Millie. But Jess, you're correct. Three. Ha! Boom. Whoa. This is question four. It's the final question in my arsehole. <laughs> in the arsenal. <laughs> I was transported um, back through memory lane into my teenage bedroom. And I was thinking about the music that I used to listen to. And I was like, oh, what could this question be about? And then I was thinking about like, something to do with like on vogue or something to do with lisa loeb or something to do with oasis or blur or lauren hill cooler shaker or lauren hill or whatever anyway i alighted on eternal yes and i I started thinking about 
Obviously, I was a, a fan of the girl band, the UK girl band Eternal. Fantastic. Who wasn't? Am I right? Looking back at it now, I have actually re-listened to one of the albums that I was really keen on fairly recently, and it is it is not. Time has not been kind to it. Okay. Mm. Anyway, um, I was thinking about the song that they sang, Someday, which appeared at the end, the <gasps> end credits of Disney's Hunchback of Notre Dame. Hunchback of Notre Dame! Yes! So the then I went down a rabbit hole of, remember all the songs that played at the end credits of Disney films, where it was just like, now, Hunchback of Notre Dame is a weird one because that film, Someday, isn't actually in the film, mm. right? The, and that's yeah, unusual because yeah, usually yeah. it's a kind of soft 90s, 80s soul version of a song that's in the film, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with that in mind, can you tell me who sang the song at the end of 1991's Beauty and the Beast? Oh my god! Is it, is it is it like Luther Vandross or something? Nope. I'm going to hazard a guess, Em, and I'm going to say it's a Go duet on. of Taylor's Older's Time. Yeah. Between Celine Dion <gasps> and a man whose name I can't remember, but it is someone like a soul singer, like Luther Vandross, who's got a really sick voice. It would be. Uh... It's not the guy that sang with Eternal, is it? Jess, say it. Say it. B.B. Williams. Whatever it's called. It's No, it's not B.B. Williams. There's no one called B.B. Oh. Williams, but there probably is. Or, or someone... But, um, B. B. Phoebe Buffet. Peebo Bryson. Peebo Bryson. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. Celine Dion and Peebo Bryson. Okay, I will say that Peebo Bryson sounds straight up like a made-up person that you've just made up. So, both of them are just sick singers. Yeah. And may I recommend that after we finish this call, you treat yourselves to just watching the video, the official video for that song. And I think because... we should we should invite the listeners to treat themselves. Oh my God, please do. Because they can just sing. They just sing so well. And the video itself is really classy. It's them in like a dark studio, sort of candle lit. They're Brilliant. obviously recording, but I mean, they're not... Right. They're surrounded by a kind of... No, I think they would have been doing the live take of the song, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. No, no, no so I'm, pretty right. sure. I'm pretty sure. And then there's a projector in the background just shoot, just showing, like, scenes from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, that's very tasteful. And his voice, holy shit, his voice is so good. He sang with Roberta Flack. Whoa. He sang with... He's won, like, Grammys... He's like fucking amazing. He's sung with like some amazing people. It's like all duets. Mm. It's like his sort of bread and butter. Anyway, but he also sang on another Disney end of credits. Stop it. Song. Do you know what it was? Is it A Whole New World? Yes! Oh my God! (laughs) I'm literally just guessing. I'm just guessing. Along with... Oh... Regina Bell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you laugh, Jesse. You laugh, but Regina Bell also sang "Far Longer Than Forever" (gasps) 
which came at the end of Swan the Princess. Swan Princess. So Regina Falange and Pee Wee Herman sang at the end of that song. That's mad. <laughs> I sing that song like so, so regularly to the point where I forget that it's from the Swamp Princess. It's a really good song. Oh, that's good. What I will say is if you are, if this has a kind of ignited some sort of flame. Eternal flame. Um, yeah, you could do worse than spending 10 minutes of your life watching um, the music video for Christina Aguilera's version of Reflection, which came at the end of Mulan, Mulan 1998. Yes. Yeah, who could forget? Um, the video... Is it sort of Oriental-inspired, perhaps? <laughs> Mate, so she is... I very much doubt that she's in China... But she's basically outside a Chinese temple. It looks like it's been shot on, not an iPhone even, but just some really shit handheld camera that like her boyfriend's rented for the day or something. (laughs) She is dressed. Dad rented in 1995. (laughs) Exactly. So she's going for a job interview somewhere. She's wearing like a black suit and a like a royal blue sort of top. And her hair is like the worst haircut. She it looks like her hair is made of cheese strings. <laughs> In a kind of zigzag parting. Oh yeah, and like, cheese she hair, doesn't know how hair. to sing a song that isn't sexual, so she's kind of every now and then getting a bit sexual with it, but then <laughs> reining it back because she's remembering that it's Disney. She also holds a dove and releases it into the air. Um, so she's got a wig and she's of kind of acting. Yeah, she's kind of acting during it. And I don't know, I don't know what she's trying to do, but it's um, it is worth watching. Um, is there another question? Do you? No, there's no other question. There's one piece of trivia. It's really quick. It doesn't require conversation. Um, but before I read it out to you. It's actually not written down, so I'm just going to read it from my head. But I'll just reveal the scores, which is Millie, I think you got one point, and Jess, I think you got like 500. Okay, so so you haven't been keeping a score. I wrote a small tally, and then I stopped. Okay. Jess got three, <laughs> Millie got one. But then the, the last one with all the videos and the Disney, I just sort of lost track. Yeah, okay, well, you've... This is... Well done, Jess. I, I mean, I, I bow to you for your trivia on names of people that have done things because it's unrivaled. It's, it's, it's incredible. Insane. It's insane. Thank you. And it hasn't gone unnoticed. It hasn't gone unnoticed that when I said Ian Smith as Harold Bishop and got the point, you said undeserved, which I don't appreciate. <laughs> Me? <laughs> yes. Me? I didn't say that. Yeah. I mean, we've literally recorded it, so we'll see if I say it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, listen, the, the proof will be in the pudding. Okay. Um, just very, very quickly, the trivia is, and I might have even told you on the phone, actually, but the trivia is that I recently found out that Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was actually written by Ian Fleming, a.k.a. James Bond author, and the screenplay was written by Roald Dahl. Stop it. 
I won't stop it. You did tell I me this the other day, it. and it's mental. I didn't know that. I've just know been that. thinking about it like every day since I learned it. I didn't know, know that. Mo, mo, yeah. that that's why, mental. that's one of the reasons why it is a thousand times better than Mary Poppins. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. 